Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. From the airport, where he's just landed, ladies and gentlemen, it is time now for Reginald Walker. Number 13 in your program, number one in your hearts. Steve Jones! <laughs> How are you, my man? Doing great. Is it bad I remember your number? Uh, no. I, I, well, that just lets everybody know that uh, that's why you're the guy, because you don't forget things. <laughs> and you help us understand not only the successes and at times some valleys of Penn State athletics, but you also remind us of the key moments in history that keep it important to keep and keep everybody informed. So we appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate that. Very nice. Um, boy, teams have to bounce back when, when times are tough. Uh, what did you think about the response you saw on Saturday night? I, I thought it was uh, what it, you know, it was what I was hoping to see, and not necessarily from a win and loss standpoint. Not nece- I mean, obviously you always want to win. And not even necessarily from a margin of victory standpoint, but from an execution standpoint. I thought it was a football team that showed resolve. I thought it was a football team that spent some time, you know, when they when they looked at the film. I thought a bunch of those players, what it looked like to me was a, a bunch of guys went home or to their rooms or, or apartments or whatever the case may be, and they spent some time with that film and looking in that mirror to look at themselves and really understand where they were able to execute properly and maybe the opportunities or the situations that were missed in terms of their execution, and they wanted to get that corrected. And I thought, from an execution standpoint, that was the response I wanted to see. Uh, 2001, um, Penn State plays Ohio State in Beaver Stadium. And, you know, and that season had, to, you know, to that point, had not been going well. And Joe, you know, the week before, they, they beat Northwestern in Evanston. And he tied Bear Bryant's record. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you sit back and you look back on those days where people didn't give, quote, the outside world didn't give Penn State a big chance against Ohio State, what does the inside world think? That's where you rally around each other. That's where you look at also the history of this matchup, right? And and. And we could think about several years, and now I'm getting ready. I think I'm getting ready to screw up the year. Uh, but the infamous block field goal, Grant Haley play. 2016, yeah. 2016, that was a year that there was not a lot of expectations for Penn State. Found a way to get that game won. And so you look at those moments, you look at those times in the history of this rivalry. And it's funny, I was as I was on the plane and saying to myself, uh, I should be on the ground in time to, to, to make this hit, which obviously I was. Um, one of the things that I, I thought about was every single time I've heard people in the last probably decade to 15 years say that one of the teams in this particular matchup doesn't have a chance, it's when we get one of those games that ends with the last football team having the ball as who wins the game or somebody makes a miraculous defensive play at the end of the game to save the game. It's it's those times when this game is expected to be not close that it somehow always ends up very close, and so that's part of it, right? And 
And I think for people that obviously everybody in, in, in Pennsylvania and Ohio and, and this, obviously the state college area, Columbus areas, they understand the history of uh, things like the Big 33 where these kids play against each other mm-hmm. in high school yeah. in an all-star game. Those are some of the reasons why this game always seems to find a way to be close. And I would argue at times uh, that it, it almost seems as if depending on, uh, you know, what rankings look like, this game means more in the Big Ten East uh, than any game generally does for the entire landscape of the conference at times, especially has been big in this college football playoff. The legendary Jack Nicholas said that when he went to big tournaments, he'd look around the locker room and he pretty much knew he had the vast majority of the field beat and knew which guys he had to beat just by, just by looking at them and by their demeanor. So now I transition to this. I usually feel, for the most part, Ohio State walks onto a field with a 10 to 14 nothing lead because the other team is looking at him like, oh my God, it's Ohio State. You know, Michigan in, in one part, but Penn State is another team that doesn't look at it that way. And how important is it that have that attitude? Look at them like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Here you are, let's go. It's huge, and I think that I think it's the history of this game. I think it's the familiarity of this game, right? It's right, like it's the old adage that we see maybe in the NBA or even in college basketball, right? You see some of these quote small schools. Uh, playing against the cold big schools, and they go, these kids don't fear these guys because they've seen them in AEU. It's the same concept in college football. The Pennsylvania kids have seen the Ohio kids. The Ohio kids have seen the Pennsylvania kids. Everybody knows what everybody's weakness is, and everybody knows what everybody's strength is. And so it comes down to being able to execute and make those certain plays in those key moments to figure out whether or not you can win the football game. And when you go into a game, and, and, and right, the rest of the country, uh, I would argue, and, and a lot of the teams, particularly in the Big Ten West, you're absolutely right. The Scarlet and Gray pulls up, they get off the bus, and they see a couple of really good-looking athletes in street clothes even, and they go, oh, that team's different. Well, when they do that in Happy Valley, Penn State fans go, that's just those guys from Columbus. Like, it's not anything different. And so that's the big key. You, you broke it down. You, you couldn't have said it any better. When they see those guys get off the bus, it means absolutely nothing except that's just another football team. They just happen to be from uh, due west on I-70 there, and, mm-hmm. and, and we got to play. I mean, they know it's a big game. I mean, but you know, but Ohio State knows it's a big game. The difference is, you know, you're not intimidated by it. You just go play. Uh, Ohio State this season has played seven games. Only one of them has been on the road, and that was at Michigan State, which has a very good atmosphere. Um, The irony is they haven't played in front of a crowd here at Beaver Stadium in four years. Uh, It doesn't mean the quarterback can't handle it. The quarterback's fine. It's how well can the other guys hear the quarterback what, what kind of factor do you think that plays because it's something, quote, they're not used to? Well, communication issues uh, obviously are a factor. And then uh, you look at it, Ryan Day, and, and, and again, the last thing they saw was the whiteout, which, has, uh, which is one of the best environments, obviously, and, and from a noise standpoint, it's in the, another level. One of the things that, that impacts a team like that when they go on the road is how have they worked on whether they're going to go silent count, these clap counts, Right? How does that? How is that impacted? Where is that coming from? 
um, and, and I'm not encouraging doing this, but obviously at times you might get some people in the stadium and the crowd uh, doing things similar to try to mess up uh, their offense and, and create those issues. And so, uh, you know, if the fans can, can be involved and, and be loud and stay loud, uh, it's, a, it's impactful. And that's why you hear teams oftentimes when they talk about going on the road, the first thing the coach says is we got to find a way to take the crowd out of it. We have to start fast, right? And the reason to start fast is to keep those folks quiet so that you can properly communicate, which will allow your execution in theory uh, to be improved as well. And so this is going to be a situation where I think the Buckeyes uh, will look to try to get ahead early. It wouldn't shock me if uh, Ryan Day was to, to, to win the toss. It wouldn't shock me if he took the ball. Yeah. Most of the time you see teams that decide we're going to defer and try to set the tone with our defense. But this is a football team. They like to play from ahead. They want to run the football with, with those guys in the backfield, whether it's Travion Henderson or anybody else. Now, they're a little bit depleted there. They had to move Chip Trainum over there because, remember, and I talked about this earlier in the year before the season started on some different national radio shows, I should keep an eye on Ohio State without Evan Pryor because that impacts the yeah. depth of their running game. He's out for the year towards ACL uh, preseason. So they're going to want to – they want to run the football and shorten the game and then look for explosive plays off that play-action passing game. Well, what Ryan Day is going to want to do is get ahead so that that running game is even more of a factor and also try to put all of the pressure on Penn State's passing game because the last thing he wants is to see Allen and Singleton really get going in the running game. Yeah. And the Buckeyes are playing from behind. That makes things really, really simple for Penn State. Yeah, and Ohio State, to its credit, did play from behind at home against Notre Dame, came back and did win in the second half. So they've been able to do that. They are they do a great job, as does Penn State, at disguising coverages. As somebody who played on that side of the ball, what does it take to disguise a coverage? And it's not just the quarterback that has to read it. The wide receiver has to read it, too. If you're looking at it from a defensive standpoint, it takes communication. And I yeah. think that's the thing that's forgotten. You have to really understand what you're rolling to, where you're moving to. If you're, let's just say you start in the too high look and you got to come flying down into the box as that eighth defender because you're going, in a, going into a 3D kind of look and, you, and you've got that, that flat to get to, you've got to know that the other safety understands that you're the guy that's supposed to spin down and not him, because the last thing you need is both guys spinning down and you got a tight end running up the seam or something like that. So a lot of it is communication more than anything. Execution is what is uh, maximized by the proper communication early. So I think communicating is key, and then also understanding when things come off, right? You may have something called, it may be something like a, a you know, sky with a move to a, a bear or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It could be anything. Um, but what you want to make sure you do is you realize, oh, wait, we're in a sky look, which may be for some teams it's more of a 3 deep look, yeah. two, two corners and a safety taking deep third. All of a sudden you want to come flying to a bear look with a cover one, and you look up and you realize, oh, they just shifted to a four-wide receiver set with two stacks on each side. you got to call that off, and you got to make sure that everybody understands we are calling that off because the numbers do not work for us. And so a lot of it goes back to that communication piece. I think if they can communicate on defense, Penn State, I mean, uh, they've got a chance against Ohio State. You cannot have busted coverages no. against Jeff 
Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., C.J. Stroud in that passing game, if you have busted coverages because of miscommunications, you will get run out of your own state. And don't leave out of Mecca and Buka. <laughs> He's had a great year. He, I mean, he actually he actually leads the team in receptions and yards so far this season. Number two is a good player. Go get your bags. <laughs> That's exactly right. Go get your bags. Thanks so much. We'll talk next week. Anytime. Always appreciate it. You guys take care, and uh, we are.